Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, we talked about it potentially being the WrestleMania streak from The Undertaker, and the streak is over. That is where we start tonight on the Board Sports Grand Slam Darts Daily. Uh, welcome along to day six of the event. It's quarterfinals day as you're waking up on Sunday. Uh, John Thinking, Jack Gobbigal with Phil Bars with you as always to talk through a night where we thought was going to be special, Phil. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was special, but I wouldn't say it was poor. I'd probably put it somewhere in the middle of the, probably the good darts bracket. Yeah, it was it was weird, but good weird. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, that's what I that's what I come away with. I I was captivated by some bad darts because it was it made the night and there was some great stuff. Yeah, just it was just all round one of those days that you think I love this sport. <laughs> Gob, you've uh, you've obviously put the report out for us tonight. You basically had the report all sorted in, in the headline, <laughs> and then the final game happened. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was all ready to lead with, with a good performance from Michael Van Gerwen, teasing, is he back once again, as we do, you know, draw some people in. And then um, expecting the last game to go close. And geez, that's what a game that last game was. Well, do you know what? Let's start at the very end. Very good place to start. I think Julie Andrews ever said that one, but we'll go with that. That's where we start tonight. Spoiler Sports Grand Slam Daily. And it was a strange game, a game between Gervin Price and Nathan Aspinall. I thought, I'll be honest with you, this is the game that I could see going either way. This was a proper toss-up game. And i tell you what, Phil, when he got to 7-3, but, you know, 7-3 down, double breakdown at one stage was Gezi. I, I genuinely feared that this was going to be an absolute pace thing, I'll be really honest. He just looked on empty. Yeah, no, he did. And look, he didn't score particularly well all night, apart from that mini barrage. Um, I was just looking at his his averages on live dark, dark data, and his first and last dark average was poor for Gezi. It's like his second dark got him out of jail, which says he's only hitting one treble visits, if that. There wasn't enough power scoring tonight, and that's where Nathan got on top of him early on. God, this is a bit interesting one because obviously you get to 7-3 and you're thinking okay Nathan Aspel's pretty much done here and in terms of he's done the job he's, he's going to get he's going to get rid of the streak um, as it were uh, Gezi just turns it on for four legs and, and big miss darts as well at one stage from Nathan obviously uh, he missed darts uh, for, uh, for for 8-6 to get it back to 7 all. he missed uh, I think he missed yeah he did miss six darts at a double there in order to get it back in fact he missed seven missed darts and you're thinking Goodness me, those are crucial, crucial darts against the man who doesn't want to let go of the Eric Bristow trophy. But that iron, it was an iron ring shot, as Dan Dawson would call it, that 92, I thought. I thought it was absolutely mint. And again, though, Gezi just missing some big darts uh, in the crucial stages. We haven't said a lot about Gezi recently. 
No, we haven't. The one thing that, that Gezi's sort of built his game up to be is that he's full of bottle. Not only is, is the roar of emotion that he seems to let out good for him, it seems to have a, a counter-effect on his opponent that, that seems to then put more pressure on themselves for the miss. And it, it just I just don't think it affects Nathan as much. It, it did for that small period where Gezi went on that absolute mad run of, of five legs in a row, I think it was. But yeah. Nathan gives just as good as Gezi. And I, therefore, I don't think it would affect him as much as somebody else in that same situation. God, I, I tell you what, Phil, actually, before we get your thoughts on Nathan, let's hear from him now. Here he is talking in this press conference after a dramatic 10-8 win against Gerwin Price. It's Nathan Aspidal. Nathan, congratulations. Have you just been through every emotion possible in the last hour or so? Yeah, just a bit. Um... It, it was a massive game for me tonight. Um, obviously, not just the fact that I'm playing Gerwin Price. Um, for, for me own head, I, I've, I've been struggling of late, which, you know, everyone knows that. Um, you know, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Mardell said it in the three interviews, if you like. Um, I have been struggling. I've not been playing well. Um, but I needed a game like, like tonight, I think. You know, even win, win or lose, it's easy for me to say it's sat here now because I've won. But I think even if I lost that game, I would have been... I would have walked off that stage happy with my performance because of, I was more like Nathan tonight. Um, I wasn't, you know, quiet, boring, struggling for adrenaline. The adrenaline was pumping. Um, I played a fantastic game. Gezi, again, came back at me, as he always does. I always get in front of him and he always comes back. Normally, he picked me at the end, but, you know, luckily tonight I picked him. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very I'm happy and I'm also proud of myself tonight. You said you would have been happy with the result even if you had have lost because the way you played. But would you have been haunted about leg for 14 where you missed the seven to go clear again? Seven, I thought it was six. Well, yeah. <laughs> nah, I, honestly, God, we both said it at the end. He came up to me at the end. And like I say, me, me and Gezi, we're probably the two guys out of the, out of the tour who give it the most on stage. Pure emotion. Um, and you know, obviously, you saw at the end, uh, you know, good mates. And he was like, I've never been so nervous. And I was like, you've never been so nervous. <laughs> like, do you see them double fives? <laughs> um, I've never shook so much in my life. Even at the end, like, that, it, it, that was like a Stuart Kellett shot. Like, he shut his eyes and hoped it goes in and it went in. <laughs> so, you know that one, Kellett. <laughs> also, when you went 5-2 up, you didn't see him happy. Was the camera moving behind? Like, yeah. Also, cause you, cause you, I thought you were gonna, generally going to punch it at one point because I've never <laughs> seen you so raging on stage. <laughs> Yeah, all it, all it was, every time I I went to throw my dart, the camera dropped. And once you notice something like that, you kind of <laughs> are consciously looking for it. Yeah. Um, that's why I kept stopping. But, uh, you know, luckily for me, he hit it. Russ had a word with him and, you know, that, that was the end of the matter. Yeah, he's never seen you so angry. That was all, mate. And a huge congratulations. I know you're Thank pleased. You Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers, man. Hi, Nathan. Congratulations. Um some night, but have you been suffering from a monstrous hangover from the Premier League final? Um, emotionally, I mean, emotion. No, um, in, in all honesty, I, I was. I keep saying this word, but you know, I'm proud of myself. I, I made the final in the debut year, um, so when I got the remittance through, I was a bit annoyed. <laughs> but nah, I my my game was against Peter, and I played really well against Peter. Obviously, I was disappointed. But nah, um, it, it's kind of, it's been quite a tough six weeks for me. I, I've been away quite a lot. Um, I'm a massive family guy, as, as you know. Um, I've been away from the family quite a lot and I've not been performing very well. It, it's all right being away from the family if, if you can see rewards. And I felt like I've not been showing my family rewards recently. So, but, but I put pressure on myself, of course. But uh, nah, there was no hangover from Premier League. That, that was forgot about the day after when I was on a plane to Germany. Okay. Um You've said about not having the crowd and it's, it's a struggle to get your adrenaline flowing. Conversely, is it strange to play Gerwin though you can feel you can be more emotional in front of him? Uh, you just realise how loud he is, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, without the crowd, wow, he's got some lungs on him. Um, <laughs> uh, it's quite, it is intimidating, I'm not going to lie. You know, obviously I give it quite a lot, but I'm this little skinny guy. He's quite... And Shinny, so it's a, it's a bit more intimidating when he does it. But I think he knows this as well. I think I'm probably, apart from Van Gerwen, I think I'm probably the only guy that can um, that can play him when he's full throttle like that. 
because he does it back, I do it back. And uh, hey, I'm from Stockport, we're bruisers, so uh, he can't intimidate me that much. <laughs> but it's, again, like I say, I love playing him. Um, he brings the best out of me and it was a fantastic game once again. And You know, I'm sure I've got another 10 years of uh, screaming with him on stage. And just finally, um, very high pressure game, very tense. Did that dreaded twitchy eye come back as well at one stage, did I see? Just to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, honestly, God, it's not. Um, it's been quite weird, really. Since I went to have all my eyes tested and everything, um, I, I tried my glasses in the winter series. It wasn't for me. Um, but, in all honesty, since that, I've, I've probably had it once or twice in the last God knows how many games. So, I think it was all psychological, to be honest. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm all good. Uh, Twitch your eyes gone. Good stuff. Well, listen, congratulations, Nathan. Great performance. Cheers, Cheers mate. Nathan, congratulations on the win and a great performance. Um, could tonight be the catalyst for the turnaround again? I mean, you mentioned you've been struggling, but has that just been down to burnout, do you think? Um, I think it's down to adrenaline. Um, you saw me tonight. I can't play the hats unless I'm pumped up. Um, it sounds terrible because we're obviously playing for big trophies and money, but I get bored. <laughs> I really do uh, when I'm on stage. If there's nothing going and I'm flat, I don't. I don't want to be there, but um, when when I'm playing like 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 I have done tonight, and the adrenaline pumping, and you know I'm warm, and uh, I just I just love it. And like tonight's made me realise that you know I'm doing really well, and um, you know this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, and uh, how much I actually do enjoy the game. Because obviously, when you're struggling, it's hard to keep going back week in week out, playing rubbish, getting beat. Um, but obviously, I played really well tonight, and uh, you know. It kind of, kind of makes you feel that all the sacrifices you do, being away a lot, is all worth it. Because uh, for, for tonight, it's like tonight. And having just beaten the back-to-back champion, you're in a really open bottom half of the draw now. Are you starting to think about the title yet? No, I've got to get, no, I've got to get past Dimi tomorrow. Um, new territory for me tomorrow. I've never, I don't, is it best thirty-one or something, thirty-five, is it something like that? Versus, I've never played. Obviously, I played set plays quite long in the semis, but I've never played that amount of legs. Um, so again, it's you know even though I'm I'm number six in the world, I've never played the best of 31 game in my life. So it's, it's something new for me again tomorrow. So um, Dimmy's beat me the last couple of times. You'll know that, I know that. Um, but you know, rest assured, it, it's a business end of the tournament now, and uh, I'll be pumped up and ready for him tomorrow to get me on back. What have you made of Dimitri's form so far? Because he's probably been the standout player of the tournament, hasn't he? Weird guy. <laughs> He's like the winter series. I swear to God, he was pants. <laughs> he was awful. Um, Bangham on telly. He's completely different player. He's, you know, fair play to him. Um, I say it quite a lot in the interviews. If if I don't win it, I want another young lad that that I've played with on the on the development tour. Um, Dimmy's one of them guys, and he's doing fantastic at the moment. But you know, hopefully tomorrow he brings his uh, floor game to the stage, and uh, I can beat him. Well done on the win again tonight and, and good luck for tomorrow. Yes, Pat. Uh, Nathan, you put aside all the, the trophies and everything that you've won over the years. I think this tour, this game could be a really important one, especially in this year uh, for the career of Nathan Aspel. How important do you think it is? Um, it, it was a massive win. Um, no dispute in that. Um, like I've said, I, I have been struggling for form. I've been playing well, but I expect a bit. I expect better for myself. I've been, you know, if you're looking at averages, I've been averaging between 90 and 95 most games. Uh, doubles have been absolutely horrendous. <laughs> um, so um, I kind of felt a lot better in, in the last game I played against Ricky. My finishing was there. And I knew I had to score well tonight as well as finish well. Um, and I've done that. And the confidence I'll take from tonight, you know, hopefully I can I can go deep and uh, cause a few last some problems. Interesting comments, as always, from the from the players, PB. And I think, as I said before, I think you could tell that Price was just running on empty a little bit tonight. But full credit to Nathan. Full, full credit to Nathan Aspinall. What a performance to come back from when you were 7-3 up to going 8-7 down to then still turn it around. That takes some stones. And, you know, we, we all said about the fact that he needs to try and get something ahead of this World Championship defence. It's not a bad way to start it. No, 100%. And I agree with what you said there. Simon Whitlock mentioned it yesterday. Fatigue is going to be playing a part right now. It has to. Playing these back-to-back days for, for two weeks. Um, 
but it's how you handle that. And then when you look at it, Michael only playing two days of the winter series now may have been a masterstroke. But obviously, we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute. Back back to Nathan. Um, yeah, you you can hear in his voice that he knows he's been struggling as in terms of Nathan's standard. He's still been averaging mid to low 90s, which is still very good darts, but it's not the Nathan Aspinall that we expect where he set the standard so high. And you can hear the relief in his voice tonight that um, he's, he's finally done it. He's finally won a big game because he's lost too many of them recently. One player who has also done the same before this week anyway is Michael Van Gerwen in terms of the fact of, of losing in the second rounds of, of uh, big events and quarterfinals, which is not what we expect from MVG either. Um, this is a, a massive, massive win for him, obviously. 10-2, a victory over Gary Anderson. I thought it was going to be one-sided. I did not expect this. Uh, God, we'll come on to you in, in a second, but Phil, we've always had chances this week to actually recall about our favourite players. Here's your chance. 101.8 average, 10 or 23 on the checkout. It's not exactly Van Gerwen-esque standards. He took advantage of it. Anderson, obviously, who was injured and he was pulling darts left, right in Chelsea. But, in the words of Cornelius Fudge, I think it's time to say it. <laughs> I don't give a monkey's if what anyone says or if all, if all the, the darts Twitter gets annoyed and ears back. The swagger is there. The demeanour is there. And... Even with a poor doubling record for him, mm. he still averaged nearly 102. Apart from a game against Joe Cullen, which didn't mean anything to him, the ton plus averages are there. The grouping is there. The raw is there. And I'm going to throw it out there. This, this, this is still an if right now. But if he were to go on and win this, in arguably the worst year of his career, he's been written off, everyone saying it's the worst year of his career, he would still hold two of the biggest TV titles with two to play in the worst form and year of his career. And get to what, nearly, basically, one and a half million on the uh, order of merit list, and I think that would pretty much take, it would be very, very difficult to catch in the race for the tour card. In fact, at this moment in time, it would be pretty difficult for Peter Wright to do so, but that, 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 that's neither here nor there. Let's, let's not hold, talk about that for a second. Gob, obviously, we'll talk about Gary Anderson. Um, as I said there, obviously, he can't walk. A lot of injuries, and we get all that and understand that. But at the same time, though, there, were, there were chances there for Ando tonight in terms of trying to make it, the, the scoreline a little bit more respectable. But he just seemed to be pulling darts all over the place. He just didn't look Gary. No, it's difficult to, to judge him, obviously. Just to get this far was fantastic. The performance he pulled off against Ryan Sutter in the group stage was was superb. I mean, the, the Sidemen game, he averaged 90, but other than that, he's, he's been pretty consistent, I think, throughout the tournament, considering what he's going through. I still don't think he was back to 100% of his action anyway, even when we saw him in the Premier League and all the things like that. There still wasn't quite the the smoothness to his action anyway. So this this certainly won't have helped. Um, obviously, now he's got a big decision to make whether or not he does go for the surgery. We, we believe that he requires for his injury um, or if he lets it ride out until the new year because who knows what recovery time's like. Exactly. But let's hear now from the Green Machine. Mark Van Gerwen, as Phil says, was back and he was back with a swagger in his press conference. Here he is. Michael, many congratulations. A very dominant performance. But is it a game you can't read too much into because you were never really pushed? I wasn't really pushed, but I still had to do some really good things in the beginning of the game. The, the, the 87 finish, the 94 finish, that really helped me through because you know with Gary, if he if he can get your finger, he takes your whole hand. And he's a phenomenal player and you need to make sure you do the right things at the right moments against him. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad I did. I still feel there's a little bit... I still feel there's a little bit more in the tank, but yeah, he's still. Uh, I hope we can keep it for the later on in the tournament. We saw you go over to him at the end and ask how he was. What did he say to you? Yeah, he, of course he didn't really feel well, but what can you do? If someone's still competing in the tournament, you have to treat you have to treat him the same as anyone else. And uh, uh, of course, it's a bit unfortunate for him, but yeah, <laughs> that's the way I would go. Simple as that. Last day, it's Simon Whitlock, a man who has had your number on TV in the last two tournaments. Is this a case of revenge and putting him back in his box, so to speak? Yeah, 
if I need to talk about revenge, he's, he, I probably still own him, own him a few ones, but because I've beaten him so many times in my life, but uh, I think that's a different Michael at the moment, and I think I played a little bit different than I've been doing in the last few months, and I feel good about it, and I feel comfortable, and um, I'm ready for it. And it's a big format. That's something I like, really like, and uh, yeah, let them come over. Michael, congratulations as always, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. Hi, Michael. Congratulations on the results tonight. Is that, that, is that your best performance since the uh, UK Open? Ah, I, I think the first two group games uh, were good as well, but in, in a longer game, yeah, this was on top, somewhere on top of the list, and I felt there was even more to do for myself, but what I did was enough, and... Uh, Sometimes uh, you need to be happy with that. And, uh, of course, Gary played okay in some patches. He still had a 97 average with a bad knee, so it wasn't even too bad. But you still have to beat him. And that's, for myself, the most important thing. Are you sick to death of, of the media talking about Michael Van Gerwen's form? Uh, as long as I keep talking about me, I'm still important. And that's what I love. I like. Uh, let him talk about me. Good. Um, and finally, do you feel like you're getting that awe about you back on the stage again? Maybe good for the other for the other players to answer that. Uh, in the practice room, I'm starting to do a really good job again. Uh, um, I, I pra- I pra- I've been practicing early doors with, with Gerwin, and I was all absolutely phenomenal against him. And I also felt really well. And uh, so for, for me, for myself, it's just about a matter of time that uh, I'm starting to do this regularly, really regularly. Stuff. Listen, thanks for your time and well done tonight. Michael Weldon on the win tonight. Um, how close do you feel you are to your top form? Do you feel as the format now goes up to, to best of 31, we'll start to see you edge even closer? No, uh, maybe, but it's feeling good, this tournament. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said that. Uh, if you don't feel good and, and, and do, did what I did early doors in the group stages, you cannot do that. So the, the most important thing for myself is now to keep this form going. But, yeah, I can't see it walk away so quickly. But, and... Uh, I feel, I feel, I feel nice. I feel comfortable. There's a different Michael now at the stage, and yeah, I, and don't get me wrong. There's always still room for improvement, and that's what you still need to be aiming at. But uh, if you keep believing in yourself, that's the most important thing. Cheers, now, your next opponent, Simon Whitlock, he actually predicted that Gary would win that game. I mean, do you do you think he should be slightly worried after what he's seen oh, there from oh, you? Oh, sorry. Simon predicted last night that Gary would win that game. Do you think he should be slightly worried? You know why? Because he doesn't want to play me. Because he knows he's got more chance against Gary than against me. And that's fact. Because he won more games over the years against Gary than against me. So uh, I, know Gary, uh, I know Simon really well. And I know exactly why he says that. And that's the reason. Okay, thanks, Michael. Wish all the best for tomorrow. Uh, Michael, you look like you're really enjoying yourself up on that stage. Do you think this tournament's re-energised you a little bit? Yeah, but not only this tournament. I, uh, the European Darts Championships, I played the first game against Labanauskas. I played a good game over there. The second game against Ian White, I played a good game. I lost because he played phenomenal. Uh, in the World Grand Prix, I think, I think I had the highest tournament average and lost. So it was already start to come back, but you need to give yourself a little bit of time and don't be too too angry at yourself. And uh, that's what exactly what I did. And from there on, I, I know there's even more in the tank, but yeah, we keep playing in the tournament. Phil, obviously you know MBG very, very well. Um, and we, we always rip the mick oh, out of it. Well, yeah, we do rip the mick out of it. Let's, let's be honest about it. But in these circumstances, it's actually a blessing that you do. He sounded like the MBG we know in that press yeah. conference. And in my opinion, I cannot see anyone stopping him now. That mischievous streak in his voice is back, which is worrying for everyone else. Look, I I think over lockdown, he did very little. And when I mean very little, I mean probably next to nothing. And then when... We came back, that showed the new darts. I don't think the new darts weren't the issue, it was his head because he hadn't done anything. Bloody da, 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 da. But the moment that world number one position was under threat, look at the response head down, work hard, 
and now we're seeing him somewhere where we expect him. I still think there's more in the tank. Um, and when, when you listen to him, when he speaks, he still believes he can be a better player than what he was two years ago. Look, two years you... ago, I could understand that. Or... Uh, if, if it was 2016, then I would be a bit worried. He still thinks he can be better. Genuinely, he does. He can't um, be better than winning every title. He thinks he <laughs> can. Cannot be done. He no, genuinely he, thinks he can. Yeah, but, um, but, but, that, but whether he thinks he can, it is impossible to hold to to hold every other type to hold every title. In terms of, it is impossible to be better than that. He wants to do it <laughs> and beat averages along the way. What one hundred and twenty three point one that he hits? He, he set in uh, in Aberdeen. Well, when I was chatting to him, we were talking about stuff like that. And instantly he went back to, but if I'd have hit double eighteen, it would have been one hundred and thirty something. Yes, I could get been. that. I could. I can do that again. That was his yeah. words. I can do that again. Do you know what? I actually watched that the other day. I think I watched it last night actually, just out of interest. And it was amazing to see that average of one hundred and thirty six throughout that entire game. And then when yeah. he hit double eighteen, I just like ah, switch off, switch off. That didn't happen. And just like that um, moment in Men in Black. Hey, don't worry about it. But <laughs> that, that, that was the thing. You go back to Phil Taylor. Phil Taylor never cared about being world number one. Michael does. And I think that was the trigger when it was genuinely under threat. He's gone back to basics. He's worked hard. I remember, I, I, I remember as a kid that when we were playing football, because I was never the most talented, I was a defender and I used to kick people, defend your goal at all costs. Correct. But a, but a wise man once said to me that... Um, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard now is Peter Wright and Gerwin Price as talented as Michael Van Gerwin no but arguably over the, the, the last year they've worked harder the, and the worrying signs is now the talent is working hard again we'll see what happens obviously we, go, we move on to the quarterfinals which we will touch on in a minute God let's go to you about our first game of the night which was another barnstormer Michael Smith against Rob Cross. Two players just battering the holy hell out of each other on that board. Michael Smith coming through in a decider, 10-9. And I thought the way he did that decider, I thought the way he played that decider was brilliant. A 177, a 140, 60, yeah, okay, from, 20, from 124 to give 124 after nine. 100 to leave double 12, pings it for a 13 data. Thank you, good night. Yeah, the thing is, I thought he'd done that three legs before. <laughs> because he left 16 after nine darts for the match and didn't win the match then at that moment. Um, to be fair, this was an absolutely great game, I thought. I don't think Michael was at his brilliant best, but I don't think that was the, the top form Rob Cross. I think it, it just worked. It's a good matchup. It was intriguing because three weeks ago they were teammates and they made the final of that. We, we saw this play out with Price and Clayton earlier in the week as well. Um, I just thought it was a good matchup. There was a good period where both players just held death row, despite pressure from the other one. I genuinely, for the first time in a while, thought Rob Cross's action looked pretty good. Don't get me wrong, he still had some absolute wild ones, and that's what he needs to eradicate from the game. But in terms of releasing and how comfortable he looked on stage, for large parts of this game, that was the best Rob Cross I've seen since maybe even the world final. I genuinely think he looked that much better than he has done for the last two years tonight. I think the match play final up until when he went six was it was it fourteen nine or something like that, PB. You know, yeah. when he was absolutely cruising that match. I think, yeah, okay, fair enough. But I, I, I get what you're saying, Gob. Uh, this is a big, big moment, I thought, both PB for Michael Smith, because people, you know, th they have a point in the sense of bottle and all that sort of stuff like Michael Smith, but obviously he's playing Michael Van Gerwen mostly in finals. And the one I obviously come back to is the Masters, where he had three darts with Peter right at the start of the year. We know that, and that's fine. So people always talk about him playing in the big finals. Rob Cross, obviously, as well in the, uh, in the match play. People talk about the fact that he doesn't have the bottle in big finals, but that week the series, man, it just done something to him. Three weeks ago, he wouldn't have won this game after missing match darts. Totally agree with you. Totally um, agree with you. Straight up, three weeks ago, he doesn't recover from that. But he was absolutely... In that final leg, when you need some kahunas, the kahunas came out and played. Especially, as Gob says, though, when you've just mismatched darts as well. 
exactly is the thing. He look, he put in a. Let's be fair. He was three two behind at the first session, and was scratching his head how he was behind because he completely outplayed Rob Cross in that first session, and then I think that played on his mind going into the the second session. Um, but then from seven all, he checks out seventy four, sixty six, and eighty six at pressure moments. That's Michael Smith at his very best. It certainly is, and it got him into a Grand Slam of Darts quarter-final. Here he is talking in his press conference to Buddy Boy Michael Smith after his 10-9 win over Rob Cross. Michael, many congratulations. You've come for an absolute war there with Rob, with, with Rob Cross, a real seesaw game. How are you feeling after that? Uh, happy and disappointed at the same time. Mate. My doubles won there tonight, and it's weird. It's been, been ages since I say it was my doubles, because I always miss them. But... Uh, no, I'm happy and disappointed and happy the way I handled it at the end and got through the match. When you missed those match starts, did your mind go racing back to the Worlds and go, please, oh no, not again? Uh, no, I think you've seen that in that last leg. Like, he went off 9-8 uh, with one fight, one fight, one foot. And I didn't follow it, so I just kind of give up on that leg. I was like, you've got to hit him hard now. It's last leg. If you get beat, you go home. Luckily enough, he went 57, uh, 58, I went 177. And, yeah, I just kept it steady all the way then. You've always talked about getting to the quarterfinals as your benchmark because then you think about winning the tournament. Does your mindset now change? And is it right, OK, I've done the hard bit. I've banked this amount of money or ranking points. Now it's all about the W and getting over the line. Um, It does change and it doesn't. I, know, I still take it one game at a time, but... Now that, like I say, I'm in the quarters, now I start thinking about what if and if I carry on playing well. But one game at a time, I've got Jose tomorrow. We get through him and then we're going to have a tough game with either Gary, Michael or Simon. So whatever. If I turn up, I'll be happy. And I know if I turn up, someone's going to have to play extra special to beat me. And if they don't play that extra special, then I get through and I win this tournament. Michael, pleasure as always, lad. Thanks very much. Hi, Michael. Congratulations on the result tonight. Um, does that last leg prove to us once and for all that you've got the strength and mentality now and you've matured so so much? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, really proud of myself that last leg because I think you've seen before when I've been so, I won't so far from when I've been in front, blew it and then come to the last leg and I just blew it all over again. But that last leg there, I kick off 177, 140 and then I know we're at 60, but we're turning them one day out for 13 darts. So proud of myself. I kept it straight, kept it focused, kept my mind on it, and you've seen the end result. You seem to be very low key despite the victory. Is that obviously those words with Rob at the end um, seem to have sort of taken the edge off it for you? But there wasn't any animosity though, was there? Uh, no, it's when I missed. Uh, what did I miss? Double eight for 10 darts to win the match. And then Rob checked the 17. I thought it was a really, really good shot on the pressure. So I gave him a quick fist bump and he thought it was the last leg after the fist bump. But no, and then he said to me, his head just went because of, he thought it was the last leg. But I was, no, no, I was just acknowledging a really, really good shot. But no, I, I just kept it together after that. It did annoy me a bit because if he knew it was the last leg, he would have given it large. But no, I just went to win. It's good to see you smile. You're the most deflated quarter, uh, guy to reach the quarters I've ever seen. But <laughs> thanks for your time, Michael, and congratulations. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Michael, congratulations on the win. Is that a sign of your sort of newfound mental resilience, the way you bounce back from those mismatch starts there in that deciding leg? Uh, I just think, I just keep telling myself I'm playing well. I'm eating doubles, I'm focused. And I think seeing that with that 66, he missed the dart double, and I think, not it tops all match with the last dart and then I finally hit the 66 and I just knew it was there. It's just all about closing the game. I nearly went back to my old self, throwing it away, but managed to dig deep in the end and get the win. You mentioned the other night that you're in a good place with your game and at home. Is this the best you've felt in a TV merger for a while? Obviously, you're a bit low-key tonight, but still a great performance. Uh, no, I think the world champs, when I made, not the final, but when I made the final, that was the best I've ever felt. I thought I was playing better than anyone and I think it now that I'm playing it might not be tonight but I'm, I'm scoring better than anyone I'm doing everything right but 
it's under the quarterfinals. I've got to keep. That's why I'm saying I'm just low key. I'm just keeping myself to myself and concentrate on the next game. Don't want to get overhyped over something that's not happened yet. And just your thoughts on Jose in the next game. Obviously, you played him recently in the final of the Winter Series. A really dangerous customer. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a longer format next round. And yeah, I'm expecting a really, really good game. Jose is on some decent form. And so am I. It's just two brings the better game on the night. Cheers, Michael. Wish you all the best for tomorrow night. Uh, Michael, just continuing on Jose there, there will have been players that you've had the chance to play many times on the stage. You probably wouldn't have played Jose that many times. Are you still sort of learning to play Jose de Souza? So, what was that last bit? Someone hit the leg and I couldn't hear him. No worries. Is he a player that you're still sort of learning to play against? Because he's a player you won't that much. Jose is a bit like me, apart from his stupid shots. <laughs> like, he's just, his finishing's weird, but his scoring is really, really good. He, Handles the game well. It's just some of his shots are a bit, bit weird. Like he doesn't do it basically. He does it the hard way, if you understand. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to a really high-scoring game. I know my scoring is there. It's just whoever buckles first. Hope it's not me. <laughs> and you mentioned the players that you could possibly meet in the semi-final. Are you sort of player that plans out your route from the start? And have you got your your route plan to the final? Uh, no, I said it before with Phil, I just want to concentrate on one game at a time. I'm in the quarters and that's when I start thinking about winning it and taking the title, but I still think about one game at a time as well. You see the way, I'd love to play Michael because if you beat him in the papers for the week because I beat him, but nah, whoever I get, it's as long as I'm in the final, I don't care who I play or when I play or how they play as long as I'm there. Before we move on though, Phil, I want to touch on Cross because obviously... Um, Gobbs just talked about him there. Again, is there signs of a life here from Rob Cross? Because the thing is, he's still going to be world number four at this moment in time in the provisional tour card race. We know that. But next year, he's obviously got a match play win to defend and a European Championship win to defend. He's got a fourth rounder at the World Championships to defend this year as well. Are we starting to see signs of life from Rob Cross at this moment in time? 100%. Um... I, I tweeted out, it's the best I'd seen him play. I think since the European Championships last year when he won it, although the final wasn't great, in the early stages of that, he played some half-decent stuff in the Euros. And I think that's probably the best I've seen him since then. But tonight, I think, again, I might be way off with this, but he was the underdog going into the game tonight because of the form Michael Smith was in and, and everything like that. And... It was almost to me, it felt like 2017 again, when we all know he's a good player, but he wasn't playing well and everyone was like, no, nah, Michael Smith will win this. And he was the underdog and there wasn't an expectation on his shoulders. And maybe it just freed him up a little bit. I don't know what you think about that, Gob. Yeah, I think Cross is probably better as an underdog. He had that bit between his teeth. I don't like him as a defender if that makes sense. I don't like it when he gets out to big leads. I don't get when he's just trying to cling on to his throw. I don't think it suits him. I think that's when his, his action tightens and that's when he starts dropping those low legs. Standard moments under pressure. I genuinely think that there are some players that being the underdog and being that chase are suit more. Nathan Aspinall is another one I'd put into that category massively. Nathan Aspinall is a far better player when he's not the favourite for a match. Glenn Durrant's another. He loves playing the top boys because everything's on them. Indeed. But a man who certainly wasn't a dog coming into the week, but has made a Grand Slam quarterfinal, a debut, on, on debut Grand Slam quarterfinal, is the Heat, Damon Hetter, who produced a very, very good performance to beat Devin Peterson 10-7. Obviously, at one stage, uh, he was also in a very, very good position. I think he was 8-3 up at one stage, if memory says correctly. Yes, he was. He crawled across the line, very much like Jose de Sousa last night. And Gob, a big win, I think, this is for Hetter. Because people were suggesting, yep, yeah, OK, he won, he won uh, the Masters, he won that Masters event uh, title last year on the World Series. And people said, yeah, you know what, you've done well for a weekend, fair play to you. Got a Q, uh, talk card at Q School, did OK in the World Championships. Now he's been smashing it on the Pro Tour, you know, debut Pro Tour winner, obviously, in the Awesome Series, top in the top 10, I think it is, if, if my memory says it correctly, in terms of the Players' Championship final race. Uh, no, sorry, excuse me, 13th on the Players' Championship Order of Merit this year. And now a Grand Slam quarter finalist. 
the heat is something, the heat is on. <laughs> to, to borrow a phrase, the heat is well and truly on at this moment in time. Yeah, I think you're right. That, that win today was massive for him. I just thought it was a very controlled, good, steady performance from him. We all know how good Devin Peterson has been playing recently and how he just has this ability to go on bursts and runs. And I said it in the preview when, when we spoke about this game yesterday, that if Devin gets out in front, I think Damon would have really struggled to have put, got a foothold in this match. We've seen the way that Devin's been able to run away with encounters over the last couple of weeks. And I just think the way that Damon jumped out all over the mistakes early, uh, Devin is getting a bit of a reputation or definitely this perception with myself that he's a little bit of a slow starter and you can't afford to keep doing that. You can't afford to just go Superman all the time to get yourself out of trouble. Like he, he nearly did. He went on a run of three legs, but Petter shut him down again. I mean, one, four, four, by the way, that one, four, four yeah. was incredible. Mm-hmm. And do you know exactly who it reminds me of? The biggest compliment I can pay the man. <laughs> I know you're going with this <laughs> James Wade yeah and I don't think anybody can deny it either since Hatter came on the scene when he was winning the was it Brisbane, Brisbane Masters yeah pretty sure it was Brisbane he was not the best player there that weekend but he was steady he averaged mid to mid 90s and was very very consistent on his doubles he averaged 93.75 to that was 50% on the doubles with one ton plus check out a one four four in the moment he needed it. That is the most James Wade performance you're ever going to see from a man that isn't James Wade. Well, let's hear also, right now. Whilst we talk about that before we hear from him, yeah. the throw didn't look great tonight. He was struggling with his wrist action, wasn't he? Earlier in the, early that, in the winter series. And for, maybe for, the first, yeah. for the first, I don't know, eight, nine legs, they were standing more upright and flimsy than I've ever seen them. Hence why he was getting loads of fallouts and everything like that. The, the, the throw didn't look great tonight. And no. when you've got an injury on a remodeled throw, it's... Do you know what it was? I, I just think it was the rhythm and the pace. Not that Hector was slow. The thing I noticed from Devon was that his changeover or handover of Dart from his non-throwing hand to his throwing hand just seemed to throw off his rhythm constantly. It wasn't as smooth. It was almost as if he was dropping it or he wasn't getting the dart into hand properly in a smooth rhythm that would allow him to go at a pace. He seemed to just have to take that little half a second on every single dart to set himself and set it in his hand properly. And I think when you've been used to throwing at a pace and throwing well, that's an issue for Devon. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's hear, though, from his conqueror. Let's hear from Damon Hetter right now, speaking of his press conference after his 10-7 win against Stephen Peterson. Damo, huge congratulations. You've just beaten one of the most informed players on Planet Darts and on debut quarterfinal. Must be over the moon right now. Yeah, stoked. I um, Obviously, I knew what I was in for and, um, yeah, I just rolled up today doing like a do's. So, happy days. Fairly strange game. First session, obviously, you were in complete control. And I'm guessing you were expecting Devon to play better than what he did. Yeah, for sure. I was expecting 180 score, to be honest. I was, uh, yeah, at least double figures in the 180s for the game for him. And um, obviously, yeah, he, he didn't show up of, of what he normally does. So, man, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's just another one of those games, yeah. A win as well moves you back into the top 64 already on your first year on the tour, really sending out a statement to everyone else how quickly you're rising up this ranking. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always learning. Um, I'm still, I still feel green as um, and, and fresh. I just, I'm always learning and, and I am going to try and just smash it as quick as I can, obviously. Um, I, I don't plan on just living in England, playing darts for the rest of my life, that's for sure. So um, if I can achieve what I can as quick as I can and, and get back and live in the good life in Australia, then happy days. <laughs> just touching on what, obviously what, what you said there, have you spoken to Kyle and would you do something similar then, sort of like hop between countries when, when you can for the darts? Yeah, I've spoken to him. He's um he's uh, at the moment he's itching. Don't get me wrong. He's uh he's enjoyed his family time and life, but uh obviously he's itching to get back to the darts. So he's in a bit of a predicament. Um, I know that he's got another one on the way. So yeah, it's all up to him and what he wants to do. Hey, my pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much.
Jeez. Dermot, congratulations on the win. Just touching on what you said there, have you got a certain like time scale in mind, like a five-year plan or anything like that? Um, where, whatever, how long ever my wife wants to stay in England for, pretty much. <laughs> it all comes down to her, for sure. And obviously quarterfinals now, are you thinking about the title yet? Is that at the back of your mind or is it very much just one step at a time? No, it's just, yeah, one step at a time. I know that you're only playing one player, so at the end of the day, it's just one one game at a time and one player at a time and you can only play what's in front of you and, and I hope just to do do what I do and, um, yeah, put the pressure on the other guy and, and try and come away with the win. And it's James Wade again for you. Obviously, you played him in the group stage, but this is now a best of 31, which will be the longest distance you've played in the PDC. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I'm looking forward. I, like, I've, when I've come across to the UK, I've all I do is throw darts and, and practice and because I can't do anything else. So uh, I, I fancy my chances of, of um, playing steady in a long game. I, I feel that my, yeah, my steady game is just as good as anyone else. Um, and if I can go above and beyond, well, that's, yeah, that's uh, look out the other player. <laughs> okay, excellent. Thanks, Damon. Good luck tomorrow. Cheers. Uh, Damon, there's been some comparisons made over, over the week between yourself and James being steady players and, and taking out opportunities when they arise, like we saw tonight. Is that a, the sort of recommendation, sort of comparison that you welcome? Yeah, for sure. Well, can, to get compared to James Wade, you know what I mean? He's, he's been around the traps, as like, like I've said, and, 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 and as he said, he's, he's been in finals and uh, he's been in everything, so to say. So to get compared to him about taking my chances and being on sort of a different, the same level as him, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take that on board for sure. And, and it just gives me confidence. So, um, and I, and I, I have beaten him a couple of times, so I, I can't see why I couldn't beat him again. You know, it's obviously your first major quarterfinal in the PDC, but you'll take a lot from the win on the World Series. Is that the, the majority of the experience that's going to be needed on uh, needed tomorrow uh, it, it's probably not even the world series because you know that was best uh first first to six that was so um i've got more so much more experience obviously coming on the pro tour um it's it's yeah and for me to progress so much as i have in such a short time as well it's been a real yeah been a real whirlwind so uh i'm happy where i'm at um, I'm, I just hope to go forward faster as quick as I can. Like you say, Phil, obviously you get to know the players pretty well and you get to interview them for us, which obviously we do appreciate, must be said. Um, there, I think, is a man who is just really enjoying his darts for me. He just seems that he just doesn't care about anybody else, what anybody says. All he gives a damn about is just making sure that he wins darts matches and that he enjoys doing so. 100%. Um, and it was quite interesting listening to him that he doesn't plan on being here for a long time. He plans on being here for a good time. It's literally come over, do what you've got to do, secure yourself, secure your family, and then go home. He's Very got much that, about the last Aussie to make the jump. 100%. But I think he'll outlast that Aussie. I think mentally he's in a better place because his wife is over here and she's going to stay with him for the duration. Completely agree. Right. Let's go to remind ourselves about these results then before we head into the quarterfinals. So last night, obviously, uh, in the Royal Sports Grand Slam of Darts, day six, the final day of the last 16, ended like this. Michael Smith, 10. Rob Cross, 9. Damon Hetter, 10. Devin Peterson, 7. Michael Van Gerwen, 10. Gary Anderson, 2. And Nathan Aspinall, 10. Gerwin Price, 8. The back-to-back defending champion is out. Uh, we should say, actually, that means all of our picks are completely out now. So that means we all get a free pick at who we think is going to win it from this lot. Um, before we actually tell you the quarterfinal, you probably know it already and go through everything. I'm just going to say this now. The fact that three of these games are rematched from the group stages are an absolute toss. Please change the format next year, as we say, every pissing year. Uh, Michael Van Gogh against Simon Whitlock uh, is, uh, the, is the top quarter. Second quarter, sees Michael Smith against Jose de Sousa. Damon Hetter against James Wade in the third quarter and Nathan Aspinall, uh, Dimitri Vandenberg is in the fourth quarter. This is how the draw actually looks in terms of the schedule to play tomorrow. Uh, we've got Michael Smith against Jose de Sousa. It's the first quarter final on. That's strange. And then Damon Hetter against James Wade is uh, second on. We've then got Nathan Aspinall against Dimitri Vandenberg 
in the evening session. Uh, and uh, then we've got Michael Van Gogh and Simon Whitlock to close out the day. The afternoon session begins at 1 o'clock. The evening session begins at 7 o'clock. So, Phil, it's like it's like being back at the normal Grand Slam, except it's not, not, not it's normally two semi-finals and the final. In fact, it's quarter-final day uh, all day in, <laughs> in Coventry today. Yeah, it's um, yeah, a, a, a weird one. Some form of normality in 2020. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. There's a vaccine on the horizon and... Yeah. It's all, it's all, we, we're getting there. Staying in lockdown, though. Well, you are. Fine. Excuse me, down, down south oh, where I am, yeah. we're fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Philip, Philip, go and read my latest tweet. That's <laughs> all I'm saying on the matter. Yeah, it's about to say, let's move on quickly. Uh, look, the, the genuine question, though, and this is where I'm going to go with this, before we actually get into picking our, um, picking our winners of all quarterfinals, I want to say this now. Would you not prefer it if we had a Friday up? Normally, obviously, it's Saturday starts the Grand Slam and then we end on the Sunday. Would you not prefer the quarterfinals not to be stretched over Friday and Saturday and just have Friday quarterfinal day, Saturday semi-final, Sunday final? Because that, to me, then makes it feel more like a massive TV event. Because obviously, you're playing a best of thirty-one in the semi, the best of thirty-one potentially in the semi, and then it's best of thirty-three. You know, best of thirty-one again in the final. Ridiculous. Yeah, at least. Because they haven't got to sell tickets, obviously they, it, that that's the reason it's been done this way to suit the TV scheduling. Yes. Um, where if you've got to sell tickets, it's a little bit different. I just hope that we get. I just I, all I honestly genuinely hope is that we actually get to the point where we have the quarterfinals all day on a Friday afternoon. Uh, and then in the evening, that would be nice, please. Uh, instead, then we've got it on a Sunday afternoon uh, to kick us off. Michael Smith against Jose de Sousa. Let's go through and give our predictions then. Uh, actually, before we do, let's just check the latest odds from our friends over at Boar Sports. Michael Van Gogh now 5-4. to four. You can still get him just under odds on, which is not odds on, which is amazing, 5-4. to four. Nathan Aspinall second at 6-1. to one. Dimitri van der Berg is 13 to 2. Again, strange. Michael Smith, 7 to 1. James Wade, 8 to 1. Damon Head to 10 to 1. Jose de Sousa, 11 to 1. And then Simon Whitlock is 25 to 1, despite the fact that he's beaten the, uh, beaten the Green Machine in the last two attempts on TV, that he's done so. Again, strange. Uh, look, let's go through then this uh, quarter final lineup. Certainly with Michael Smith against Jose de Sousa. Rematch, of course, from Group C. Uh, Smith beats Jose de Sousa on that occasion. Jack Cobby Garwood, would he do so again? Um, I'm not so sure now. I think the consistency that Jose has shown over his career so far, this year in particular, has been superb. And I think if you give him a few more chances or opportunities to work himself into the game, I think his finishing percentage will, will be a little bit better than Smith's and therefore he's got a chance. Um, Remember, of course, it goes up to 31 legs this time round. That's the problem. That's the problem. Three of this final eight are in their first ever best of 31 leg match in their PDC career. Yes, correct. That's a massive, massive step up, even from those that have played set play and whatever before. This sudden leap is huge for the players that have never played over that distance before. Um, and that's why I think it will be Jose's downfall. I just think it's too long a format. If it was a race to 10 again, I think I'd give him the edge. But uh, I'm going to go Smith with this one. Have you got a score prediction? 16-11. Phil Vars. I agree with the winner. I think Michael Smith wins. Um, I just think right now... He's a better player than Jose de Souza. Don't get me wrong, Jose has been magnificent. Um, but there's just something about Bully Boy right now. Um, and he's course and distance. He's played over this format before. He practices more than anyone else. So fatigue and the distance won't matter to him. And I think. Michael Smith wins 16-11. Interesting. Both of you going for a 16-11. I'm going to go with Buddy Boy winning this 16-12. Just to be different. Why not? Um, 
So that's the first quarter final. Second quarter final sees Damon Hetter take on James Wade. This would be an interesting game, I think. Uh, both of them very methodical. Both of them uh, not necessarily slow players. But both of them very uh, making sure that you know they're not. It's not going to be rat tat tat. So let's put it that way. Uh, Phil Barge, you can get the first vote on this one. Who do you think comes through? And a score prediction, please. And there'll be a power cut in the venue. It can't be finished, and they have to do scissor paper stone to decide who wins. <laughs> <laughs> do you really think it's going to be that close? I think it could be a long day. Well, yes, we know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> in other news, grass is green, sky is blue. Yeah, I think this goes very deep. I think James Wade wins it. And I'm going to go 16-13 to James Wade. Jack Garwood? He's Nick with scoreline again. <laughs> Bloody hell. This is strange. Honestly, we didn't WhatsApp before this, I promise everyone. No, no not, no, not on didn't. this. Um, yeah, look, I just think the the increases in the length of the matches where it's going to get to Damon this time. James is so good and so consistent over such a long format. He's been there and done it before. Um, so I think both players will double superbly. And... Oh, I think in terms of Damon's big scores, I think he'll hit the 180s, the 140s, that a little bit more often than James. But I just think the 60s to 100, where you don't quite get your first start in the treble and where you start falling around, I just think James is a little bit better, a little bit more consistent, stays a bit straighter, doesn't have to do as much switching and knows exactly where he's going to end up. So I think the experience over this distance will give James the edge. But I think Damon will stay with him for a long part of the game, yeah. So you're going 16-13 as well? Yep. That's strange. <laughs> because I'm thinking the same thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I just think there'll be a checkout at some stage. James Wade will take out a 1 2 1, a 1 2 4, or something ridiculous like that. He'll take out a checkout in the 110s to the 130s, which is just pure wading. That will get the job done. But Damon Hetter will not uh, go quietly into the night, let's put it that way. 16-13 for me as well. So one thing we can agree, all agree on, gents, is Damon Hetter's going to win this thing. Uh, so <laughs> that's what we can agree on after we've all gone with the same scoreline. Uh, moving into the evening session, then two court finals still to play. Nathan Aspel against Dimitri Vandenberg, rematch of Group H. Uh, Gob, you can have first dibs on this one. This is probably the hardest quarterfinal to call, I think. Um... I'm not so sure. As, as impressive as what Nathan did tonight, I think the form that Dimitri is showing so far in this event just, just means he's, he's looking like he's going all the way or, or close to it. And I just think the placid nature of Dimitri will take the sting out of Nathan. Nathan thrives off. He will tell you right now, even though he hasn't got the best record against him, even after tonight, his favourite player to play on tour is going Bryce because they just give it to each other. They keep going. It, it fires him up. And Dimitri's so placid, so mellow, will take the sting out of it completely. And it's, it's hard to motivate yourself against somebody who's not giving it you back. You feel like a bit of a prat. Two so, straight wins against him as well, though. To be fair, two straight L's he's had now against Dimitri Vandenberg on television. World match play first round, and then obviously uh, in the group stage of, this, of the Grand Slam. Yeah, and Dimitri's just been so good this week. I, I didn't expect to be saying that at this point, but I am. He's, he's been very, very good this week. Um, and I think that continues. So I'm going Dimitri 16-12. Phil Bars. I think tonight has taken a lot out of Nathan, an awful lot. And I agree, I think Dimitri wins this one. I think he'll be fresher, more composed, and the way he's played across the tournament suggests to me he's going to win. I th I'm going to go 16-13 to Dimitri. I just think he gets over the line. There's something in the back of my head here that's telling me Nathan Aspinall is due a big run on telly because you haven't seen one from him in a while. I've said that for 18 months. <laughs> yeah, but look, you know how much, you know, you two know and listeners know how much I love Dimitri Vandenberg and how much I absolutely adore him. 
oh, but you know, you just have that nagging feeling that Nathan's just going to go and do it. Do a go in my heart. Do a go in my head. I'm going to go with my heart. Dimitri Vandenberg comes through this one, but it's going to be close. 16-14. It's going to be very, very close. Uh, right, moving on to the final quarterfinal then. Michael Van Gerwen against Simon Whitlock. Obviously, the big story. Simon Whitlock has beaten Michael Van Gerwen in the last two attempts on television. Obviously, the world match play. 11-4, three sets to one in the World Grand Prix as well in the quarterfinals. Will the Wizards make it a hat-trick against the Green Machine, Phil Bars? I'm no. laughing because I, I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> no, quite, quite, quite simple. Um, yeah. Yeah. Simon Whitlock's uh, little run over Michael Van Gerwen on TV comes to an abrupt end tomorrow night and quite convincingly and quite wide. Score? 16-9. Gob? Similar fashion. I, I agree with Paz, you know. I just think that the form Michael's carrying now and that distance, don't get me wrong, Simon is in terrific form himself. The way he's he's turned it around and is, is back on the charge towards that top 16 once again is, is superb. And with Joe Corby like about how on earth is he still there, but he keeps doing these sort of things. Um, but yeah, this is this is the end of the run in this tournament for me. I just think that Michael looks very, very good over this tournament so far. He's averaging over 100 on demand again. Um, he looks like he's got full control and he, he looks like he's in a good place in his interviews. And that's the first time I think we've, we've not seen him on edge. And I just think his two challenges in this tournament are gone. The big two are gone. He just has to outlast them. And he, he's, he's done that for years in, in these sort of events and he knows how to do it. So, yeah, I'm going MVG again, uh, but I'm going to go 16-10. I think you're both wrong. It's going to be 16-7. <laughs> not, not in terms of the time when I was going to be MBG, I should suggest. No, it was 16-7, I think. Look, the, the worry for me is that Whitlock did not look good against Adam Hunt. It looked like he hit the end of, hit the end of a brick wall with his form that he's been in. And maybe he was looking ahead to a potential matchup with MBG. I don't know. But what we can say is that he just didn't look right. And because of that, I think Michael Van Gerwen just continues to steamroll his way towards another televised title. And it will be 16-7 uh, to the Green Machine. And we will have a very early podcast record, gentlemen, which will be an absolute blessing. <laughs> and that concludes uh, Boyle Sports Grand Slam Daily for Day 6. That concludes Last 16 as well. For Bars, Jack Cobby Garwood, thank you very, very much indeed. So what have we learned tonight? Well, the streak is over. 14 matches, but now the L has been taken by Gaming Price at the Boyle Sports Grand Slam of Darts. Someone else will hold the Eric Bristow Trophy for the first time in history after he loses 10-8 to Aspinall. Michael Van Gerwen shows that he is back. 101.8 average and a 10-2 victory over Gary Anderson. Also coming through in last to Cyrus is Michael Smith. Is this the time for Buddy Boy to finally reach the top of the mountain, as it were, and, and take home a televised PDC title and a ranked one at that? Damon Hetzer making a quarterfinal on debut, beating Devin Peterson 10-7. We've got a fantastic quarterfinal lineup for you. We'll be on the air from 1 o'clock onlinedarts.com uh, right now. Uh, you can go over there, read our reports uh, from the day's action as well, from day six. Like I said, we're going to be there with a live blog for you from one o'clock. Every leg covered, as we always do when it comes to the televised tournaments. Don't forget as well, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you are out and about tomorrow at any stage. So you can have a look, uh, make sure that you stay in touch with everything that is going on in the Grand Slam that quarterfinal day. And we're back, as always. Day six uh, is in the books. We'll be recording day seven tomorrow after the quarterfinals when we will know our semi-final lineup. Thanks again for listening. As you always do, we really do appreciate coming back to us. Take care, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.